Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and A.J. Joining us now is a man who's done it all, as he was a junior Olympics diving champion, a film producer, a director, and a television actor. He is best known for his role as Wally Cleaver, the elder son of June and Ward, the brother of Theodore Beaver Cleaver, played by Jerry Mathers, in the television sitcom Leave It to Beaver, which ran in prime time from 1957 to 1963. He is also an accomplished sculptor as well. It is an absolute thrill to welcome the second half of uh, Wally and uh, Beaver. Tony Dow to Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Tony. Hey, thank you. How are you doing? Do, listen, I, I couldn't be doing any better. To have the two of you on our show is just, uh, it doesn't get better for me. Um, people might not know this, and it's interesting because we are a sports program, but you were a pretty good athlete prior to Leave It to Beaver as you were a swimmer. And as we mentioned in the open, you were a junior diving champion, held a national record at the age of nine. I'm sure some of that athleticism comes from your mom, who was a stunt woman in early westerns and, and Clara Bow's movie Double in Hollywood. Um, and you really weren't looking into getting into acting. So tell us how you end up being Wally Cleaver for 234 episodes of in Leave It to Beaver. Well, it was really, you're right, it was an accident. <laughs> I, was, I used to work out at the Hollywood Athletic Club diving, and uh, the lifeguard there was a guy named Bill Bryant who was also an actor, and um, he uh, came to my mom one day and he said, hey, I'm, I'm up for this series of this uh, father and son. Uh, you think Tony go to the studio with me? So mom said to put on my blue suit, and I did. And uh, he and I went down to the studio, and uh, oddly enough, I got the part. I'd never acted. I didn't know anything about it. It was the first <laughs> time I'd ever been near a studio, I think. And unfortunately, he did not. And um, so there were two pilots that we did. It was really a great show. It was really an advanced show. It, it dealt with um, breaking the quota of whaling. Uh, Japan, you know, getting too many whales. So we were out on a clipper ship. And the father was a photographer. And of course, the, this kid always figured out a way to go along with him. And then the other one had to do with this, uh, with uh, a tank that was dropped in the ocean off the shore, and it seemed to be leaking. So somebody had dropped, you know, some uh, toxins off uh, off San Pedro or wherever. And so I thought those were pretty progressive shows. Yeah, for the 50s, for sure. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's unbelievable. So, so you mentioned that you really didn't have acting experience. What was it like showing up that first day on set where everyone, including a very young Jerry Mathers, had you know, movies under his belt and acted with Bob Hope in, in the Hitchcock movie? Yeah, well, he was, you know, he was an old pro, and he was, <laughs> he was really amazing. I mean, he had the ability to read every line perfectly, you know, uh, and uh, he was just cuter than hell. And uh, I, I don't remember if I was afraid or scared or... I mean, I don't think I was any of those things. I think I was just curious and uh, a little bit apprehensive, I'm sure. But they put a, uh, uh, a person, a dialogue coach type person with me, and she spent the first, I would say, I don't know, maybe six, eight, ten shows uh, and helped me sort of 
move into being able to actually say a line properly. So. <laughs> really? So sure. that, that's, that's interesting because, you know, you watch the shows today, and, and you and Jerry have amazing chemistry. And what I found fascinating about it, and, and I could be wrong, I believe you're the youngest in your family. Jerry was the oldest in his. Yet you both seem so comfortable with the reverse roles in the series. So how much did you pull on your family dynamic of your older brother to play Beaver's older brother? None. <laughs> Actually, he was too much older. He was like 14 years, and at that time he was, uh, I guess he'd been, he graduated from UCLA, and he was in the Army, an officer, and then he, uh, he was working at systems development. So anyway... Uh, we didn't spend a lot of time together. The only time I spent with him was at the beach and uh, playing volleyball. He was a really good volleyball, beach volleyball player, and that was the time when beach volleyball was just sort of beginning. And uh, so I used to stand at the end of the courts and get the balls that got by him. So, <laughs> and then I started playing. So that actually was my sport. Although I did have national records and two or three different. Uh, swimming strokes, like breaststroke and freestyle, and I held a national record for the 100-yard uh, medley, I mean the 100-yard, uh, yeah, medley, um, individual medley. So, uh, I, you know, I was very comfortable in the water, but once I started playing volleyball, that was it. I loved it. It was great. And I played in about four national open tournaments, so even though I'm a short guy. <laughs> big problem, big problem, especially these days. You've know. <laughs> got to be 6'4 in order to even get on the court. Right. So, you know, during this pandemic, part of my daily routine has been to start the day at 8 a.m. with two episodes of Leave it to Beaver on MeTV. And while I was always a big fan of the show, I now find something different every time I watch it. And, you know, what I find amazing, especially now since you mentioned that you really didn't have acting, you know, um, experience prior to this that I find your performances are really so nuanced and so textured and I'm not sure that the show works without you as Wally. I can't envision another Wally. I read somewhere that while the show was on you weren't allowed to watch it and that you really haven't seen many of the episodes to this day. So why is that? Well, I, uh, you know, they, the producers who incidentally were the creators and writers and uh, the stuff you're talking about, all of the um, the uh, the ability for Jerry and I to seem like we were real brothers was really because of the producers. They were just fantastic writers. Anyway, um, so what was the last question? Um, the, the question is like that you really during the show while well, it was right, on, you yeah, didn't get they, to watch it. Yeah, they said uh, they told my folks. You know, he didn't. Don't don't have him watch the show. It'd be better if he didn't, because we don't want him to think they're funny, or we don't <laughs> want to want him to get big heads about you know what's going on. And so uh, that was the case. They didn't do any uh, press or anything. You know, there was tons of people who wanted to do interviews and you know photograph uh, things and whatnot. And they really actually uh, said that they wouldn't allow that for the first two or three years, and instead we would take one trip to New York, we would sit up in the Waldorf Astoria, and they would parade all of these um, um, journalists through, and we'd talk to them for 15 minutes, spend the whole day doing that, a couple days, 
and that's how they 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 kind of kept us away from um, the hoopla and all the you know they just thought we'd be more natural, and I guess it worked out that way. You mentioned your athletic ability, and I read somewhere that you on set you guys got to meet a lot of amazing people and uh, sports related. You actually had a football catch with Rock Hudson and you broke someone's windshield with a baseball. Who, who was that and how did that happen? Uh, Steve McQueen <laughs> was a Jaguar. It was a racing car <laughs> oh. and uh, somebody obviously was a better hitter than any of us thought. I think it was me actually. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, 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 it was a softball. I don't know what the heck happened. must have been a hard one. And it uh, landed on his windshield, shattered it. And, of course, as kids do, we ran like hell to get out of there. And then we realized, you know, we really should do something about that. So we went back and we put a note on his windshield saying that who we were and that we were playing baseball and somebody hit the ball into that and broke his windshield. And so he came over to our set and he said, well, thanks for the note. I really appreciate it. I, it's no big deal. I'll just get another windshield. <laughs> so that was, that was a, I mean, we, we had exchanges with a number of people like that, like Robert Mitchum and, uh, uh, as you said, Rock Hudson. And, uh, I guess I could go on and on, especially television, you know, Ward Bond and Bobby Fuller and uh, Dale Robertson, you know, the people of the day that, start in the, the shows that Universal was making. And then even the people that appeared in the show, I mean, I know where you got to go to uh, one of your friends who was married and, and saw firsthand what, you know, young married life was, and that person was Ryan O'Neill. That so. was one of his first jobs. Yeah. yeah, the way that happened, I was walking in to see the producers about something, I don't know what it was, and uh, Ryan came out of the door, and I had just met him uh, through a family friend of ours had a beautiful uh, daughter, and she was going out with Ryan, so at a party once in our house, she brought him to the party and said, you know, he's my friend, and he's an actor, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So when he came out of the thing, I said, hey, man, what's going on? What are you doing? And he said, oh, well, I was just up for a part in your show. Uh, and I think it was really early on in his career. I mean, it may have been one of the first things he ever did. And I said, oh, yeah? Well, I'll let me see if I can put in a good word. So I went in and talked to the guys, and I said, hey, how did Ryan do? Was he, was he good? And he said, yeah, he was, he was good. And I said, well, what are the chances? Because he's a friend of mine, and uh, it would be great if he could do it. And so they, they gave him the part. <laughs> yeah, so that's, it was wild. I saw that episode the other day, and I'm looking, I go, that's Ryan O'Neill, which I never realized the first time. So we mentioned the, the chemistry that you had with Jerry, but when you watch the show, you really get the feeling that you're looking in on the entire Cleaver family and their friends, and you're just as comfortable outside of the house with Frank Bank, you know, Lumpy, and, and Ken Osmond, yeah. Eddie Haskell. What was the relationship with the rest of the cast, even, even when you're, you're speaking to Whitey you know, or, or Gilbert or, or Larry Mondello? It also just seemed so natural. What was the relationship with everyone on the set? Well, I think, you know, I think, I think that shows up through the writing. I honest to God do. I mean, I think that the writers were so good at writing dialogue that appeared very natural and very real. And, of course, they cast people that, um, that weren't, you know, actors or precocious sort of uh, acting kids. So um, 
uh, we had a good relationship. I had I had a lot of fun with Larry Mondello. He was he was a cool kid. I didn't have much uh, of a relationship with Whitey and uh, a little bit with Gilbert, but um, you know Ken Osman and Frank Bank. They were both uh, they were both characters, and we'd go out to lunch at Bob's Big Boy, and uh, it was. <laughs> When we took took Jerry with him, we'd always you know, when a girl, bunch of girls would go by in a car, we'd always tell him, "Get down, get down," which was <laughs> one of the things that uh, they used in the show, I think. Uh, that's so, funny. Yeah, Frank. Uh, you know, Frank was uh, he was just kind of the way he was in the show. He's just kind <laughs> of a, a goofy guy, you know. And uh, I don't know if anybody's ever read his book, but it's pretty funny. It talks about all the conquests he's had. Yeah. <laughs> women, you know, and it couldn't be farther from the truth. I mean, he, I'm sure he did fine, but, and he had all these great cars. That's one of the things he did have. He had, you know, 57 Chevy that was all, you know, reversed chrome wheels and all that kind of crap. And, uh, and he always had a new car. He had a DeLorean when they came out. Wow. So, so he was kind of on the cutting edge in terms of cars, and that may have helped him with the girls. I'm not sure. <laughs> It never seemed to help me. But, yeah, I, I don't um, think the nickname Lumpy did, but that's for sure. But so well, you know, on his on his license plate on all of his cars, it says I'm Lumpy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so he was he was definitely uh, one of the characters in the part. And when we did the new series, which was we did it at uh, Universal and uh, over here in Hollywood or North Hollywood, and uh, we took it to back to the Universal. Studios theme park in Orlando, Florida, when before they ever opened, and uh, we were the first television show that ever shot there, and um, it was funny because he always got left out. Frank did, you know. They'd have a plaque that would say, you know, "Welcome to the you know Universal Studios," and then they'd have everybody's name. Didn't have his name. <laughs> Whenever they get a get an award, have everybody's name. Didn't have his name. It was funny. <laughs> So, and he uh, he was afraid to fly. So he would drive when he had a part. And the producers were real good at doing this. They would group a you know group of three episodes or something together. But he would drive back. He'd drive all the way back to Florida and all the way back here uh, just to be on the show, which you know it was a big part of his life. And of course, Kenny. I mean, he's one of the greatest. Uh, the greatest characters ever yep. on television, up there along with uh, the Fonz and Archie Bunker. And, I mean, I think he's he was just terrific. Um, I've watched some things recently, you know, YouTube things or something. Somebody was watching him, and I, you know, look in, and he was fantastic. Yeah, I just absolutely. Saw, I just saw a clip of the um, roller coaster show, which I didn't even remember, but it's where. Um, I don't know, some kid and uh, Jerry and I and then Frank and Lumpy were in the back seat. And, of course, uh, I mean, uh, Eddie and, and Lumpy <laughs> were in the back seat. And Eddie, of course, was a big shot. You know, he was and uh, Jerry Beaver was scared. He didn't know what to do. And uh, actually, Lumpy was a little apprehensive. So we get on the thing, and there's all this stuff, all these turns and whatnot. And everybody's having a great time. And Beaver loves it. And Lumpy's having fun. And after about halfway through the ride, uh, Eddie starts to get scared. <laughs> <laughs> he he clams on to Lumpy, and uh, he just won't let go. I, and 
it was it was just a funny episode that I'd never seen. Um, I've never seen that episode, so it was fun to see that clip because it was a really good clip. Yeah, it's the one where you know the Beaver finally gets to go with the the big kids, and you know he's scared, and he goes to to see Gus the fireman, who tells him about you know, how he overcame his fears is also one of those great episodes. So you mentioned Ken Osmond, and one of the things when you watch it now, which you probably didn't realize as much, especially now if you watch, you know, we sort of everything now has been watched. So when you watch him one episode after the other, I never realized how many different nicknames he gave you. And I was wondering if those nicknames were all scripted or at any time did he ad-lib those? Because there were just so many of them. I, I couldn't imagine that every single one of these names were. I know the, the, the most frequent was Sam, but there were just so many of them. Did he ad-lib any of those? And, you know, how did you not crack up at some of them? Well, we did. We, you know, we had a great, great fun on the show. And, and you know, we did crack ourselves up and being kids. It was hard to get us uh, back in shape to do the scenes. But, uh, yeah, Clyde... Clyde was one of them. Sam, uh, and the you know the uh, beaver was uh, what the heck was he the, the shrimp or the I don't know what he was. But anyway, yeah, Eddie had a bunch of different names. I'm not sure if Kenny came up with them. He could have. Um, I don't recall him ad living on a scene. Most of the stuff was really scripted, and we didn't do uh, we didn't do any ad living actually. So looking back at the body of work you did on both Leave it to Beaver shows and the place it holds in history of television and the impact it's had on multiple generations, what comes to your mind being part of all of it? Well, you know, it's a funny progression because after I got off the show at the first show, I was, I was an actor. I mean, that's what I did. And I, but I had trouble because, you know, I sort of typecast. And I didn't get any roles that were really juicy. I always got the role of the good guy or the, you know, the, the, uh, the normal guy or the, you know, the brainy guy or whatever. And, uh, and so I kind of, it kind of pissed me off, you know. I mean, I was like, uh, God, it would be great if I could just get a part. And, and I did, finally, I got a great part. It was a two-part show on Dr. Kildare and 11th Hour. And, uh... And it was it was really a good good show, but you know I never got a chance to really do a lot of acting. But actually, that was probably <laughs> probably lucky because I probably uh, wasn't that great an actor. I was very good at being natural, and that's what I tried to be. You know, my heroes were James Dean and Montgomery Cliff and those guys. So <laughs> so when I once I became aware of what was going on, I. I tried to be as natural as I possibly could, and, uh, you know, in my directing career, I tried to be as, I, I was pretty good with kids, but I tried to keep everything very natural, and um, so it's, you know, that's just kind of a thing I, I'm pretty good at, but um, anyway, I, uh, I didn't get, I didn't get very far, uh, well, a lot of things got in the way of my acting career. But um, I, uh, then I became aware of the show, and I thought, well, shoot, this is a pretty good show, you know. <laughs> and we'd go on vacation, like we went to Cancun one time, and we stayed one night in a hotel before we went off on uh, exploration. And um, the, uh, we walk in, and the guy turns on the TV, and uh, there it is. There's June Cleaver speaking Mexican. 
Spanish. <laughs> so, so it's it's. Uh, I definitely had, knew that this you know this was uh, being seen by a lot of people in a lot of countries. And then, you know, now, I mean, the, the uh, I've always had this attitude of, you know, nobody really really cares. But you know, if you look if you look at the number of fan club things yeah. there are on the internet on you know Facebook or on whatever, and you know that you know I have a Facebook that that, that that's taken care of by a friend of, friend of mine takes care of the physical. The, Technical part of it, anyway, uh, and uh, you know he'll uh, will post something really kind of fun or interesting. You know, within six hours, there's forty thousand people. Yeah. It. So, <laughs> I guess you know there's still a lot of people that remember the show, and if they don't remember it, they can watch it twice on uh, MeTV <laughs> every morning. So, uh, I just think it was terrific writing. You know, there was a there was. Um, Sort of a, you know, what am I trying to say? Anyway, it, it 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 always said something about kids versus kids or kids versus parents. You know, like, parents were always the they were the adults in the in the or they were the parents in the group, and Wally was sort of the adult person, and right. Beaver, of course, was a child. And um, you know, it 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 made a lot of comments about life and I think it taught people a lot of stuff I think that's why it remains so popular with people in my age group and I guess in your age group you were watching uh, residuals and uh, and the same thing was true you know each show had a message and uh, and they were, they were very subtle right but a lot of people walked away from the show thinking well it's a really you know it was an important part of my childhood I mean it was Fantastic, or a father will say, you know, that it's been really helpful in, in my having uh, my kids grow up and being a father. You know, that show had a lot of a lot of great messages. Tremendous so. messages. We got about thirty-five seconds before we have to go to break. You have a second career as a sculptor, creating abstract bronze sculptures. How did that come about, and where can people find out about your great artwork? Uh, well, I have a website, uh, Tony Dow Sculpture. Uh, also, the Blotta Gallery and. Fort Lauderdale handles my stuff, and uh, you can see my stuff there, B-I-L-O-T-T-A. And um, uh, but it's on my, you know, it's on my website. We'll we'll and post. How the, did I get into it? I just uh, I had always planned to since I was a kid, you know. It's great stuff. It's beautiful stuff. I urge people to go and take a look at it. Tony, thanks so much for your time tonight. More importantly, thanks for being America's big brother. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. I do appreciate that. You got it. Tony Dow.